Hey everybody, Superfan Giovanni here. Welcome to Classic Love Line, episode 581, from December 21st, 1997, a Sunday night show with guest Alexandra Paul. Now again, episodes 579 and 580 still missing from the archive. Unclear what those episodes are, if there are no guest shows with Love Between the Two Hosts. You know, one final Scream 2 cast member, who knows, possibly lost forever, sadly. This is Alexandra's third known appearance on Classic Loveline. By this time, she has a really entrenched rapport with Adam and Drew, and engages with callers in a way few other guests do. She's particularly helpful during a tough anorexia call with a young man. The last break is missing from this recording, and there are no other alternative files to patch in. This is a JBJ tape source, first transferred back in 2008. And speaking of JBJ, a friend of his recently posted on the Loveline Tapes forum, lovelinetapes.com, the only other approved source of Loveline content. If you get it anywhere else online, you're hurting this show, and deliberately trying to end it prematurely. So don't do that. Anyways, this user Todd, as he goes by, he claims to have uh, some of the missing JBJ tapes. He says 35 tapes that we don't have in the collection at all. I'd rather he'd send them all to me. He has not yet to reply, but uh, hopefully he hears this and sends a reply in Loveline tapes. Todd, we want the rest of those tapes. Send them all. Be happy to transfer them for you, digitize them, ship them back to you, cover shipping, reimburse you, give you digital copies of them for your own archive. If anyone else transfers them, they're going to end up... Not on Loveline tapes, and not in the classic Loveline feed. They'll either end up hoarded in somebody's private collection, or the audio quality will be so subpar, nobody will actually want to listen to it. There's a lot of those files. And as per usual, this was recorded in 1997. Some of the medical information may be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Cathal on current day Loveline. 1-800-L-O-V-E-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast One, on Facebook, Podcast One there as well, and PodcastOne.com, the home of all your favorite podcasts. And if you'd like to check out more of my work and help support these tape preservation efforts, please visit superfangiovanni.com. Mahalo, and get on. The following program is a podcastone.com production. 100 LFEE 191, fax number 310-854-4455. for all, that is Dr. Drew. Dr. Drew is a board-certified physician, an addiction medicine specialist. He can help everyone but himself, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Drew is sick as a dog. Mm. Always funny to me when the doctor gets sick. It's like the police chief's house getting robbed, or the uh, guy who's a volunteer fireman's house burning down, or something like that. I would, but it'd be so ironic that uh, I wouldn't have time to lament that. Tonight our guest is a woman I swore would never be on the show, and she's now uh, here for the second time in the last four or five months. Alexandra Paul, you know her uh, best from Baywatch. And uh, like we talked about before, even though I don't think she's been on Baywatch for like three years. You still see her. She's still on Baywatch, because every time I turn on the TV, there's uh, Baywatch, and there's Alexandra. Hi, Alexandra. How are you? It's nice to be back. Now, last time we are speaking to you, you were talking about doing the Iron Man. Can I call it the Iron Man yeah, or the Iron, the Iron Woman Man. if you're a woman? Uh, no, it started in the first Iron Man in the 70s. only had 15 men in it, so I think they call it the Iron Man. Now it has 1,500 men oh and God. women. Now, that's a triathlon, and is that is the Iron Man the one that takes place in Hawaii? Yeah, the one that I did. Uh-huh. Right. Two months ago I did it, and it aired yesterday on NBC. So... It's, uh, it's it's a marathon. How was it's that? It's a two and a, two and a half mile swim, right? Ocean swim, 112 mile bike, right? And a 26.2 mile run, Where, which is a marathon, right? Marathon. Where? Oh. It's, it's on Kona just, on the island, uh, the big island. So ran through the lava. 
Yes, it was very hot and very windy, actually. Those are the, oh. the elements are the toughest. And you're screwed when it's windy, especially if you're, like, riding a bike. Oh, I mean, headwinds. Oh. I had to pedal on the downhill. And I'm slow enough already. I'm not a very fast cyclist. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, doing... Uh, Doing a marathon for most people would be, you know, the culmination of a life's uh, work worth of training, okay. you know. But uh, riding 112 miles and then doing it and swimming two and a half miles in the ocean with the wind, I just yeah. uh, couldn't it's imagine. The ocean is is a substantial swim. But I was on Baywatch. That's all right. <laughs> no, it was great and it was a wonderful experience. Um, I finished it in 13 hours and 18 minutes, oh. which is not fast. The winners, you know, came in like. Four, four, the women came in four hours ahead of me. Oh, but, oh. Uh, you know, so, but uh, it was a great experience. Oh. A wonderful day. Oh, it's like they're made out of different protoplasm. You know what I mean? You, you, you couldn't, you know that. about that. Do they sure. have more like fast twitch muscles? There is fibers? something yeah. biologically different, somebody that can, after the amount of training we know you did, because we talked about it last time you were here, that somebody can be that much ahead means there was something different genetically going on. Or, or pharmacologically. No, no, there's not really. I, I would like to say that I pretty much feel like there's not a lot of. Uh, there's not a lot you can do with this on. kind of. Performance. Is that a sport yeah. where where steroids no, are going to help that I can't much? Imagine, though? No, because it's so much about endurance. Yeah, and stimulants will give them a heart attack. And so. I yeah, I don't know if you did do a drug, I wouldn't know what it would be. All right, so that's enough of that now. Okay. You're done with that. I'm I'm done with that. I'm going to smoke nice... some pot and get some donuts. <laughs> Lie on the couch. I actually was hoping to just be a you know vegetable and lie on the couch for ages and watch TV with the remote. But um, I'm the Bally Total Fitness spokesperson for 1998, oh, so I'm going to oh, be doing their commercials. Gig. So I have to stay sh in shape. Um, did you do the uh, swim in the Baywatch uh, bathing suit? By the way, <laughs> no. Guess what? No. I actually did the entire thing in a bathing suit. So I rode 112 miles in a bathing suit. You know what's amazing to me about that and uh, Alexandra. Uh, you you don't fall under this category because you look spectacular in a bathing suit. But a lot of that, a lot of those women don't look that great for people who do nothing but exercise. Well, what's your people? definition of great? You mean they have more body fat than you would think, or, or no less? I mean they're they're less, oh they can't be fetishized by Adam. Right. <laughs> which which means that they're what they don't look like blow up dolls. Right. Right. Hmm. Actually, no. It's true that when you're a triathlete, just because you're fit, it doesn't necessarily mean you're healthy. Right. True. Right. And so a lot of people who train a lot, they've overtrained. Mm -hmm. So their immune system's down. And also they spend a lot of time in the sun, and that doesn't make their skin look great. Oh, they go right out of that water, and they go running for those bikes, Drew. <laughs> They're running. They're like in a hurry, you know, trying to put their shoe on, yeah. and no time to put a sock on. They're riding in the same uh, stinky, sandy uh, suit they just got out of the water oh. in. For hours. Oh. For hours and hours. Please. Uh, it's it's really the world's worst idea. It, huh? Yeah, I really need to nap on this one. <laughs> you always love the chafing experience. Yeah, there's a lot of chafing going on there. <laughs> yeah, you got to get used to that. All right. And uh, something that Alexander showed me uh, last time she was here, which was the world's longest keloid scar. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, I can't believe you. You remember that. The, I totally if forgot If the balance people find out about that scar. Do you have any scars scar? to show me this time that you've gotten in the last couple months? Mm, yeah, I had a hernia operation. Did you? No, oh. I'm just kidding. I want you to look at my groin. I have, I've had a double hernia, and I'm not showing you. Really? Yeah. I didn't know women could have a hernia. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah right. Like when they have kids and stuff? No. They give them at birth. Oh, my sister, my, my twin sister actually had hers when she was two, and yeah. I had it mine when I was 28 or something. I guess mine lasted longer. And how do you get a double uh, hernia? Both sides? Yeah. Oh, boy.
Right, and I don't really think you should be exercising this strenuously anymore. Between the double hernia and that, uh, what was the <laughs> that speed bump you got going down your abdomen? What was that thing for? What's your arm move? So good for my uh, ego here. Oh, you look spectacular. Um... I had, a, I had a cyst on my mouth that I was born with. And, and, and you know what? Let's see, yeah, I was 15 when I had my first surgery. I'm 34, so almost 20 years ago, they didn't have all those fancy schmancies. Yeah, the little surgeries where you just get a little band-aid put over right. your belly button after having a pinar. Oh, yeah, they, when they split her open like a yeah. uh, marlin. I mean, uh, they really got it you. Oh, all right. Well, I can put some vitamin E on that. Why we got to that. To visualize. I had a surprise. Showed him. Yeah, yeah she, she pulled, pulled up uh, the front part of her. But shirt. I didn't show you my breast. I just, no. just so everyone knows that I have some class. Yeah. Right. I just wanted to see what was underneath that bay watch. Yeah, one piece all those years. All right. Anyway, what, what do you think about, about that whole uh, Pamela Lee, Tommy Lee uh, fiasco? You know, I um, I think that um, they should be able to make whatever videos they want. And uh, I'm sorry that. It was stolen. I think it was terrible. I was actually at a party where it was shown, and uh, I, I chose not to watch it because I well, feel like it's an invasion of privacy. Tell Alexander my stance on the uh, video. We, we didn't watch it. I have not watched it. Even though it was playing right over here, it was it was playing in the theater right next to us. Because you have a video out too, and you just don't want it. No, I took a moral stand. I thought to myself, I am not going to. Play with these in, in these reindeer games. I, I just hate the frenzy that society gets whipped up into uh, over. I mean, half of it is titillation, but the other half, and a lot of people don't want to admit this, is just because it's painfully embarrassing to somebody, and it's fun, just like uh, when some kid rips his pants on the schoolyard or something, for everyone just to jump in and have this sort of mob mentality. And just, just sort of pile on. Well, they had that about the Rob Lowe video, too, which is the same situation. I mean, here in Hollywood, they, they screened the Rob Lowe video at the studios. Really? Yeah. Oh, never saw that one either. Yeah, well. Uh, well, we're sitting here on our high horses. <laughs> well, I was talking to a couple of friends of mine on Friday, and they were telling me that they saw it, what a huge penis Tommy Lee has. And then I sort of broke it down with them, and I said, okay, if you're Tommy Lee, here's the two things that people now know. A, you have a tremendously large penis, and B, you're having uh, sex in every every position, in, in like a Ferrari, with um, one of the most beautiful women around. How how badly is your stock hurt for Tommy? I mean, if you think about it that way, you just embarrassed us. Right. Yeah, right. I, I feel I feel like let's put it this way: whoever's watching that video is also participating. It, they're almost they're part of this chain of whoever stole the video. Yes, they're part and, of that uh, market. In so. some small way, they certainly they certainly are. And I, I just wish we had a little more collective dignity as a society. Now let's go to the phone so I can make a masturbation joke. Mark. Yeah. You're 36. Adam, Doctor Drew, long time listener, first time caller. Great. Alexandra. I yeah. Just got I just got done watching. You're beautiful. Oh, thanks so much. What were you watching? They watch. Oh, so you see, another yep, rerun, Adam. never leaves. Yeah, it was another rerun. I don't even think people know when Baywatch's regularly scheduled time is. Right, when, when the new the You new know what, that's true. Aired. Even I don't know. Yeah, I, they, they I tell me they... it's on Sunday, but I'll see the thing on UPN late night. Yeah, or... That's what I just got done watching, but I watched it earlier today, too. It's also on uh, USA yeah. on Daily, <laughs> and it's also on uh, in L.A. on Channel 13 at... Sunday and you June. keep getting residual checks for that, right? I do. Oh, no wonder you're running yourself silly. She's just, uh, 
she's singing the whole time. She's running that 26.2 miles. <laughs> uh, we don't have time for that so nonsense. Mark, what's we don't, up? We don't what's get up, any Mark? residuals. I have two questions. I think one might be for Adam, one for Dr. Drew. Um, None for me. I've been married for four years. I'm 36. My wife's 30. Um, when we first started going out, we had sex regularly four or five times a night. It's great. Now that we're married, it's like obsolete. It's like not there. Alexander, you're not even good enough shape for four or five times a night, are you? Four or five times a night. That's when I was when I was younger. How how long ago was this? Four years ago. It's like thirty-two. me two years ago. Mark, is it because you don't want it, or because she doesn't want it? No, we both want it. It's just that when when we have sex, if we masturbate together, yeah, fine. We both can we both can you know reach reach a climax. But if we try to have intercourse, it gets you know heightened. Real high, but then it just it just drops off. It does. I don't want to. I don't want to ejaculate. For you, I can't ejaculate. Are you on any medications? No, sir. Have you followed up with the urologist that did your vasectomy? Every year. But when you masturbate, it's okay, right? Yeah, me and her can masturbate together. It's fine. I've got come all over the place. Has she had a baby? Uh, no. Jesus Christ, okay, it's Sunday. Come on. feel funny at yes. making love after a yeah. woman's had a baby. Yeah. Is he missing his watch, this doctor who did this procedure? No, no, I, no. I check with him. I, I check with him regularly. I mean, he told me everything was fine. Mm. And you told him about this symptom? Yeah, after, after, see, after, after I had it, we, cause we'd, have, we'd have sex, it was fine. And then as, as it went on, it, it chopped off. You're on no medications, you have no medical problems? No. And he, what's up with her? Anything? Um, well, she was uh, very active. In her young younger days, she was very sexually active. Is there anything going on with her experience of all this? Um, she was molested by her brother when she was younger. Okay. Well, that's something. Yeah. She was molested at uh, I think like fifteen. Well, let me uh, let me just give you uh, our experience here with people that uh, got screwed with while the uh, cement was still wet sexually. This is kind of how we refer to it when people are sexualized at an early age, 9, 10, whatever, 12, 13, or younger, uh, they get a little screwed with. And, and sometimes what happens is is they become hypersexual, as Drew would say. They're having sex four or five times a day. And then that then goes from, it's either that, it's feast or famine. Either it's uh, the hypersexuality or uh, it's abstinence. And so she may be doing both those with you. In terms of you, Mark, how is your relationship now? Our relationship's great. I mean, you know, this is my second marriage, but uh, did this happen in your first marriage? First marriage? Did this happen in your first marriage? No, my first marriage broke up because my uh, wife decided to like girls better. Mm. It's something mm. Mark's got some stuff going on. Yeah, too, huh? Mark's got some stuff happening. I can hear it in your voice, there, Mark. Yeah, well, I was sexually active very young age. How old? Six, ten. Ten. So that 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 qualifies as sexual abuse. Who are you active with at ten? Oh, little girl down the street. How old was she? Nine. And you initiated this? Uh, actually, we both did. We, we, you know, touchy-feely, you show me yours, I'll show you mine. And one well, thing led to another. Something probably already happened to you before the age of ten, then. No, actually, no. I just, just when I got hard, she says, well, why don't you stick it in here? Oh, well, she had something happened to her. Yeah. A nine-year-old so, shouldn't really understand know. that. But that also All right, so, you know, you've... you've for whatever reason, you've chosen to hook up with people who are sexually abused as well. And uh, it's natural enough that you'd have a lot of difficulty functioning sexually. It's people like this that often develop fetishes and certain kinds of preoccupations that try to help them function with the S&M, these sorts of things, multiple partners, whatever it is they need to, to help them function, they, they find ways. But it's all about having difficulty managing feelings in the intimate act. And something's coming up now for some reason. Maybe you're getting too close to your wife. 
Mm, yeah. Yeah, I'll go with that. I mean, they're having sex four or five times a day, and uh, now they're experiencing whatever it is they're experiencing. I wasn't totally clear on uh, how it was working out, yeah. but uh, I, I would say a little counseling, perhaps. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd recommend that. And really, whether it really is okay, their relationship, I mean, a lot of times oh, we can it, say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just assume all our callers are uh, in the cramp house when it comes to relationships. Justin. Hey, what's up, Adam? You're 17. Uh, yeah. Um, Adam, first of all, I want to say you are the greatest. Well, thank you. You, you, basically, you are all my friends and mine, our role model. Oh, please. Oh, my gosh. So good. I'm terrified for the future. <laughs> well, we are, too. But anyways, me and my girlfriend have been going out for about three months. And, um, you know, she, we talked about getting married and stuff because, I don't know, I love her. She's, she's like the greatest. I love her with all my heart. How old is she? She's 17. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know, and we were talking about getting married, but now I'm kind of having second thoughts about it. She still wants to, and it's, I don't know, it's just like... Where would you live if you got married? Huh? Where would you live if you got married? Well, uh, my own, my own house. Oh, you own a house? Well, I'm in the process of buying a house. Uh, At 17? Are you are you still in high school? No, I dropped out and I have my GED. Are you going to go to, go to college? Uh, yeah, well, um, if this uh, music thing doesn't take off, yes. Oh, boy. How do you support yourself? Huh? Uh, well, I got a job. It, um, I work at... It's kind of a crappy job, but... Enough also. to buy a house? What? You can buy, but you can he buy a house. He ain't calling from L.A., that's yeah, for that's sure. Yeah, that's for sure. But you can well, buy a house. It's just you're like, talking more about squatting than you are buying, aren't you, Justin? No, no. I've um, we can get a house real cheap. Some of my friends and I are going to pitch in for a house, and mm. my girlfriend too. Okay, that's a um, that's a, a that's like a biker flop house. That's a kibbutz you're talking uh, about, Justin. That's it's not you buying a house with your wife. But it's not living at home. Yeah. Hey, Justin. Yes. Um. I think that 17 is too young to get married, no matter how much you're crazy about your girlfriend, and you've only yeah. been going out with See, her three months. That's what everybody's telling me, and uh, it's like, all my life, people have been telling me how to live, and it's like, I want to do something for my own, and I know I love her. It sounds like you have second thoughts, though, and so... Yeah, I do, but like, because right now, we, we hardly ever get to see each other, but when we do, it's just like passion, and it's just like... Oh, boy. And you know... That's, that can be that way and not have to be a marriage. Justin. Yes. You worship me as your God, right? Yeah. Okay. This is your God speaking. Okay. I'm telling you that you've uh, uh, greatly offended me. <laughs> and that, uh, Drew, uh, get the locust. Uh, where do you live, Justin? Colorado. Colorado. All right. <laughs> Send the locust toward uh, Colorado and the flying monkeys. Uh, <laughs> Justin. Yes. As your God, I'm highly offended and um, I put a... Uh, four-year moratorium on you getting married. You must be at least 21 years of age. So you don't mean 14 years? Mm, I'll give him four years and he'll be past his relationship in four months. <laughs> okay. Justin, don't get married. Don't get married, Justin. Okay, another thing, Adam, you remember you were talking about the um, that burger place you went to and played Sky High? Remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, me and my friends went to a diner and did that. Is <laughs> a bit of homage to me? Yes, a, a, as a prelude to Adam. Thank you. Yes. A prelude. <laughs> really a prelude. Supposed to a homage. I think he had a quailude. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I went to, uh, I went to um, what, 
Fatburger. Thank you, Engineer oh, Mike. Right, right. Uh, after the uh, show at the uh, amphitheater, I uh, had a few beers in me. And uh, this wouldn't be part of your training regiment, I'm guessing, uh, getting loaded on uh, complimentary beer over at the amphitheater and then stumbling into the Burger King at 2 in the morning. No, definitely not. Found the song uh, Sky High by Jigsaw. You... You've blown it all sky. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. my teenage years. How yes. old are you, Adam? I'm 33. I'm 34. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jigsaw was pretty hot. Well, they're yeah. still hot if, uh, if you're Engineer Mike. He's got those CDs. Anyway, put it on the jukebox and uh, force the entire uh, place to sing uh, along with me. Now you're getting 17-year-olds. They, they're getting a little more residuals, those, those hey, Jigsaw yeah. somewhere <laughs> Jigsaw's in Colorado. Getting royalties. You're getting $7. Huh. Kayla. Yeah. You're 18. Yeah. What's uh, going on? I had a question about the effects of mushrooms mm-hmm. over a period of time it accumulates. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, it's a weak hallucinogenic. Um, it's not that weak, i got to tell you. Well, as compared to LSD, let's say, which are the stronger hallucinogenics. Mm-hmm. And it, That's it, what I was wondering. Yeah, but wait a minute. Hold on. Let me ask you about this, Drew, because I was just having a big mushroom conversation with somebody at lunch today. And... You know, I've taken mushrooms before. I've never taken uh, a full tab of acid. Right. Because I was, like, too chicken, but I took half of one. Yeah. And and I think uh, the mushrooms were just as powerful. You know what I'm saying? It probably it, some of it obviously is dose related. How much of each you take? Right. Oh, it's intense. And look, anything that causes hallucinations as its primary property damages brain. That's all there is to it. And it probably, among other things, causes a weakening or a lessening of connections between brain cells. And people end up with personality changes, mood disturbances. And Has that been, like, proven, like, the way it has with acid? Um, no, it hasn't. That I, can, that I have found in the literature. Uh, so, indeed, it, it, it's, it's But they concern. don't have that many documented cases, do they? I mean, well, that's they the point. Mean, it's not been that widely used until the last couple of years. And so people don't do tons of mushrooms like typically. they do acid. Not correct. That is correct. I don't know what that is. Is, is it, like, um, well, part of it is the way they taste. But, I mean, uh, Alexander? Andrew, ever, ever eat any mushrooms? No, only the ones you get in the grocery store. Oh, really? <laughs> Sorry. I can't. I have nothing to offer in this conversation here, except for I'm listening and learning. Uh, I'll tell you, you're, you're, you, you, it's like doing an, an Ironman triathlon from your living room. That's what uh, <laughs> these mushrooms are. And uh, So, look, Kayla, I want to know why she's asking. Because uh, I just want to make, I mean... I don't want it to be like acid where it just makes you all, you know. Well, listen, here's all the data. Here's all the data you need, Kayla. They're, I'm 33. Uh, I've been hanging around with uh, a lot of the same idiots from the Valley since we're maybe 15. And there's a pretty distinct difference between the ones who've smoked a lot of pot, done a fair share of mushrooms, uh, dabbled in the coke and the acid or what have you. None of them uh, necessarily junkies. Uh, none of them had to go through rehab or anything like that. There's just a little difference. Like my buddy, uh, the Wheeze, came over the other day. Yeah. He said, uh, I just had a pot of, I just drank a couple cups of coffee. He says, uh, I'd like some coffee, too. I said, well, I'm, I'm all out, but go ahead and make yourself a. He said, you want any? I said, no, I don't need any. He said, just make a cup for yourself. Come back in there. This pot is filled to the top. Yeah. I mean, and the only thing that's missing from it is the cup that he's already poured off the right, thing. Right. I said, uh, Weez, you made 18 cups. What, are we having a bar mitzvah over here? He said, uh, I don't know, man. 
How do you mean you don't know? You, you just you you buy forty dollars worth of coffee in that goddamn coffee maker at Starbucks. You're only making it. I'm not drinking any. We're the only two people here. What See? are all the guys doing? That he just said, uh, "I don't know, man. I don't know how many cups, two cups." The Wheeze is probably the most successful of all your. Uh, yeah, the Wheeze the Wheeze is doing fine. <laughs> but, yeah. but how about the, what are most of them up to? Uh, construction. Are they sporting themselves? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. They have to. They all got tossed out of the house at 16. But nobody's lighting up the, lighting the land up. Uh, no, nobody's. Uh, no one's made the cover of Esquire or anything no. like that yet. I guess you know what I've noticed from people who who do take drugs that is that there's sort of a lack of motivation, sort of a lack of motivation oh, yeah. oh, in their yes. lives, oh, yes. which is what I've well, it, it, my non-scientific observation. I, well, I, my interpretation of that is it actually, particularly pot, blocks the ability to the neurologic mechanism that takes mm. an idea and converts it into an action. Because you have to, well, there's, there's sort of a mechanism there that creates a thought and makes it, uh, initiates the action. There seems to be a block right there. Unless that idea is, I need some yeah. Funyuns. <laughs> More pot. Or more pot. Those are the two ones uh, that, that uh, pot smokers are highly motivated on. Those are the two ideas. But no ideas involving uh, inventions or yard work or uh, career goals. All right. Alexandra Paul is here. Drew, would you like to sell? No. No. You're not interested in that? No. All right. I'm so sick. Okay. I'll sell something. What yeah. What, uh, why don't you pick a call that you like there, Alexandra? Oh, yeah. Here, I'll... See if you can... Now, you're an actress. Let you're me... trained. So take a beat and find your implicit cue. <laughs> And then really sell it in the kind of way that would bring people back after the commercial. Sure. Okay. <laughs> she, okay. You? Oh, I just do it now? Yeah, yeah. Hi. Come back to Loveline and see Adam. No. Hear Adam take no, no, his no, clothes no. off. No, no, no. Sell the oh, call, please. That's great, wasn't it? Yeah, that uh, was We're going to talk to Will. Yeah. Uh, who's anorexic. He's 6'2", and he's only 110 pounds. That's amazing. All of my most sensitive areas were inflamed. Loveline will be right back to deal with inflamed, sensitive areas. All right, everybody. True Car, you know how much I love these guys and their app. I spend uh, a lot of time on it. And it's a way to see exactly what's going on in your area. Pick a car, learn about the cars, and see what people are paying for the very car, the exact car you want. You know, there was previous ways to buy cars. You went and hang out on a lot. Now technology evolves. Everything evolves. Buying cars evolves. It advances. It makes sense that there's a new and better way to buy a car. Well, that's now called TrueCar. The TrueCar app is special, unique. Their certified dealer network is unsurpassed. They partner with over 10,000 TrueCar certified dealers that believe in a new way to buy a car. It's hassle-free. It's easy. It's fun. Use the TrueCar app. You can get guaranteed savings. TrueCar certified dealers will honor the savings that are guaranteed and locked in at TrueCar on your TrueCar app. It is that simple. True Car and True Car Certified Dealers. And using True Car Certified Dealers, you will save an average of $3,221 off MSRP. No headaches, no hassle. It's fun. And if you don't even want to buy a car, you just want to learn about it, check out the app. Two million cars sold through True Car Certified Dealer Network, and you will work directly with the certified dealer contact. It is easy. It's evolved. It's technology. It's made simple. It's about time. I worse off than you. Listen to Loveline. Yes, mm -hmm. you, you should. Oh, can you guys hold on your conversation till the next break? Boy, they're having a love affair. It's, uh, Alexandra Paul is our guest tonight. You know her from her many seasons on uh, Baywatch. I'm guessing four and a half seasons. Five. Five. Well, four and a half is pretty fair. I wanted to say five, but then I thought, geez, you've been gone for three or something or two and a half. Two. Or two. Two, but... 
you know. Yeah, you never leave that I'll show. I'll never. I'll be like 50, and uh, they'll make a movie, and I'll have a cameo. Oh, the, the uh, Baywatch oh cast I'll is going to... I'll play the mother of a life. It's going to take on the Harlem Globetrotters on Gilligan's Island. and. <laughs> All right, so Alexandra is now, uh, now she made such a, a wad of money doing the Baywatch and now gets all the residuals and everything that she's just uh, quit uh, life as an actress and begun uh, this, this Iron Man stuff, this, this triathlon training, and now then picked up a gig being the new woman for Bally's uh, Fitness. I'm the spokesperson for Bally Total Fitness Health Clubs uh, <sighs> for 1998, so I'll shoot seven commercials for them, but I just want to correct mm-hmm. um, your statement about yeah. that I've given up acting because I haven't. I, I did um, take a hiatus from acting in 1997, but 1998, I'm a 100% actress. Oh, you'll be back. Oh, I'm back. I'm back already, actually, because the triathlon, the Ironman, was two months ago. Right. So I'm not training anymore. That's why I'm here tonight. I can stay up till midnight tonight, Adam. Oh. Oh, no yeah. jogging. Yeah, the the rift uh, between Alexandra and our and and, and Loveline. No, and you, Adam. I never have ever had a beef with Drew. Uh, all right. Well, let me let me explain what happened. Alexandra was booked to come on about eight or nine months ago, maybe a year ago. Uh, I heard Anne came in sort of last minute on the night she was supposed to be here and said that Alexandra called uh, or her people called. The publicist called. The publicist called that day. Uh, maybe that afternoon, it said Alexandra would not be coming in this evening because she had to get up and work out no, and early jog. in the morning. And she had to jog early in the morning, and she couldn't stay up late. Now, my beef wasn't really with you not coming in because... Or even uh, with Alexandra so much. Or even so much with Alexandra. It was just that they couldn't come up with something better than had to get up early I, We were and just jog. telling... Look, my promises only tells the truth, Adam. Oh, and and by the way, it wasn't that afternoon. Them. It was a, we, we gave no. you like 36 hours. And you guys are a very popular please, show. It shouldn't be very hard hours. for you to get somebody in. The aunt said it was that afternoon. But the point is, is I, I then went on a minor tirade. A then, minor? That was when you were your, your whole... Took, Disdain and, and clear um, that, that's enmity what, for the publicists right. in that profession began. Do we have a copy of that tape? We can play it again? No, I, but some friend of Alexandra's uh, taped it, and then <clears throat> I don't know where this uh, pariah lived, but he sent the tape to you. Uh, you heard no, it. Sebastian and, lives in uh, New York City. <clears throat> you right. heard across the nation. There was all kinds of trouble. But here's what I want to get back to. Okay. Uh, we've 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 uh, broken bread, and everything's uh, everything's good now. They say. Yeah, actually, I I like you very much. And I'm a big fan that of, I've of, met you. of me as well. No. Mm-hmm. I, I like Alexandra as sweet as sugar, and it's just impossible to stay mad at her. And she's so good looking too. Look at her, Drew. And the kind of good Even looking, my scar. kind of good looking you could bring home uh, to the folks. Not that big. So it's not uh, really Adam's kind of good looking. Silicone injected, uh, hair woven, you know, false eyelashes, good looking. She has that uh, camping good looking. I was reading a really interesting <laughs> you know what I'm book. Talking today. about yes, about about women who uh, basically are essentially dressing up as women. Right. That, that, that women that do the, the Pamela Lee thing are sort of fetishizing themselves. They're exaggerating. They're, it's like, it's yeah, they're like of a drag queens queen, so like drag, Right. That they're women dressing as women. Right. They're augmenting what, that what they have. What does that say about their psychology? Um, not exactly healthy. Hmm. But it's, it's a way of turning oneself into an object to empower oneself over all these men whom you hate because of what they took away from you when they were your child. All right, but let me ask you this, Alexandra, and we're uh, jumping back here to the Bally's uh, Fitness Queen. I've seen some of these commercials. And, Drew, I don't know if you've seen the Bally's uh, commercials. It is, uh, if those things would last, I think they're minute spots. If they were two-and-a-half-minute spots, I could really get some work done to these things. 
But, you know, it's sort of the type of thing where I can't get the belt undone fast enough. There's people in the room I have to scurry out you of know, there. Actually, I haven't seen any of the old ads. But oh, I, it's but like my, a, the ads that oh. I'm doing, I'm sorry, they won't interest you in the least. Oh, I, I really don't want you to deviate from the old spots. I don't mind you being worked into the old format, but I don't want I'm you sorry. to crash the old format. It was this, like, very industrial-looking, multi-layered. It looked like the bridge of, uh, of a, an amazing uh, spaceship. And there's different, you know, there was uh, catwalks and planks and, and all these different levels and a bunch of the greatest-looking people you've ever seen in your life all in unison just going to town. Little unitards and and uh, cycling shorts okay, and sweat flying down. everywhere. Right. So Adam gets his workout in by watching the commercials. Adam, I'm yeah. sorry, but my commercials aren't like that. You're, you won't be and doing that? No. <sighs> I'm so sorry to disappoint well, you. Well, that's, uh, I don't like that my at all. What are you going to be doing? My commercials are all about sweat and working out. Yeah. So far, we're so all I'm right. Just, <laughs> a lot of loud techno music. Uh, no, not my last one. But there's going to be a, there's a bunch of other good-looking uh, people and leotards around you, right? Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. that's all I need. Okay, you all can right. look at everyone but me, Adam. No, I'll be looking at you too. I uh, it's it's really the greatest advertising ever, except for someone should sue them because oh. then when I walk into a ballet, there's some fat guy with a making bacon uh -huh. sweatshirt who's uh, basically just sweating up the place, and none of these techno uh, aerobic queens are anywhere to be found. It's intimidating when you go to a gym and it's full of aerobic queens. It's intimidating. I know, but it, it's uh, well, it's a double-edged sword. It has its good. Okay, side, let's so. talk to Will. Um, Will is 24, and uh, Will, yeah. you're on Loveline. Hi. Hi. What's going on? Um, I'm 110 pounds. Mm -hmm. I'm six foot two. Everyone's constantly telling me that I um, that I'm anorexic. Um, I don't believe it. Why not? I don't know. I, I think I look fine. That is uh, amazingly. Svelte. Have you always been there? For 6'2". I'm 6'2". I weigh, well, I'm kind of fat, but I'm 6'2". I weigh 195 pounds, and sometimes, sometimes people think I'm skinny. I can only imagine being 110 pounds. Did you lose weight down to 110 pounds, or have you always been real thin? Well, I did lose weight. From what to what? Uh, 140. That's, that's quite, uh, yeah. See, that, that goes <laughs> from, that got you from the sort of lanky to freakish. Will, you know what I'm saying? Will, how did you lose the weight? Uh, why did you lose it? Why did I lose it? Yeah, were you sick or did you eat less? Or I, I just ate less. Why? Uh, I thought it was fat. Okay. All right. Now you got problems, right? Because yeah, you're six two, one forty. You think you're fat? That's a distorted body image. Mm. Right. And that that basically defines is one of the elements that defines anorexia. So. Will could be in some pretty grave danger, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it one ten, it's it yeah. six two is uh, amazingly thin. Yeah, I mean, people die of anorexia bulimia. You weren't, you had no bulimic manifestations, though, did you? No, you weren't thrown out. Didn't eat. No, I haven't thrown. It's out. kind of unusual in man, but it does occur in man, and it's it tends to be more severe in man typically. Do you have a girlfriend? Often what? Um, no. Mm -hmm. Well, I wonder. How, how you're twenty four? I I've um no men who have um, battled with uh, eating disorders and a lot of times it comes from some kind of a sexual either ambivalence about being gay or um, some kind of uh, molestation. Does that happen to you? Um, no. Well, it, it, it 
Harkins really? Some form I like of that. Abuse. Yeah, some I form like that of, theory. Well, but that's yes, abuse is one way of doing it. But the the other the other side, actually, the more common side for the eating disorders is the intrusive, annihilating parents. You know, the the parents that you know dem- that live live their life through you. No, I like <laughs> my parents. I'm not saying you don't like them. I'm just saying that the, mm. the quality of parenting they do is that they act out their own primitive needs on you, and they require you to be something for them rather than valuing you as a separate individual. All right. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. From personal experience, I was anorexic when I was 16, Will. And um, I feel the reason was is because I was such a a good girl. Um, I never said no to anybody, and it was sort of my way of rebelling. I don't know if does that anything. Does well, that sort it, of then that, that's the, sort of the typical dynamic is you have to be perfect for your parents, and you never establish any sense of what your own needs are. So you're constantly overwhelmed. You're constantly uh, emptying yourself on the part of everybody else, and the one vestige you have left is this one thing. All right, so yeah. all that. Well, yeah. Uh, do you have a job? Um, kinda. What do you do? Well, um, I work at a school as an aide. Mm-hmm. And uh, you don't have a girlfriend? No. And you're not the world's happiest guy? Right. And you're calling because you perceive this as a problem. I mean, you call and you say, everyone thinks you are, but you kind of think you are, too. And by your own admittance, you went from 140 to 110, and it's because uh, you thought you looked chunky Do you still think you're at fat? 140. Do you still think you look fat? Well, I don't think I look fat. I just, I think that I could... Would you like to lose more weight? Kind of. You know, um, I would really recommend, this is what I did. I I didn't want to gain weight, but I also knew that I wasn't happy, and it was kind of torturing me, my obsession with how much I weighed and what I eat. And I don't know if that relates to you, but um, my parents put me in counseling, and it it took a while, but, um, you know, it really was helpful to me, and it brought up a lot of stuff that I didn't even realize I had. Really? Yeah, I actually thought my life was really great. Yeah, and it's uh, the anorexia. Oh, that my my parents are perfect. Yeah, the perfect family. I'm perfect. It doesn't mean your parents are bad or that your family's bad because it. Because I really like them. Well, hey, I had great parents too. But they're human, and so we're all human, and so there's pains and and there's. Stop. This is what I have always thought. I didn't take drugs, as Will said, and so um, I guess. I used food as a sort of a way to rebel. And I use food and drugs. Will? Oh, yeah. I've put him on hold. All right. Here's the statement I have to make to Will. He knows he has a problem. That's why I called, please. And no matter how distorted your uh, body image is, 110 and 6'2 is 110 and, and 6'2. Yeah. you got to get some counseling here, Will. Fact. This is going to kill you. Yes. I mean, I, I, I couldn't imagine being 6'2 and... A hundred pounds, for instance. I mean, hundred fifty pounds, even. Well, uh, Hagler, uh, actually, uh, Thomas Hearns, when he was uh, fighting, you know, in his prime in the uh, middleweight division, uh, you know, when he fought Sugar Ray Leonard and all uh, that, he was six two and about one fifty. But in wow. in thirty five pounds of that was Afro. So yeah, he. No, well, I mean, you just couldn't imagine. So, uh, well. Please get some help. I um, I hope uh, Alexandra's uh, experience. Uh, thank you for bringing that up, by the way. Hope Alexandra's uh, own experience helped you give you a little bit of strength in that department. And I, I know it's probably more difficult for a guy to go out and do this because uh, 
It's probably not so many guys at those meetings. But, well, uh, just, Will, actually, you got to you know get what? over I that. I have to say that um, Overeaters Anonymous is another option if you're yeah. worried about the price of a counselor, Will. But, um, yeah, but won't he be uh, mobbed and beaten no. and killed if he goes to an no, OA I've, meeting? I've been to many Overeaters Anonymous meetings, and you would be amazed at how many men there are there. Yeah, but... And uh, it's not... But it's OA meetings are not only about anorexia. But it's 62110? I mean, uh, I thought it was big guys who was at those things. No, no. No, no, there's, well, there's all sorts of, of weight. Oh, there's a lot disorders. of hefty guys at the sometimes OA meetings. Right? Well, sometimes they're geared more towards the the low end. Oh, okay. Mm. So, um, Will, if he doesn't want to go to counseling, he should call Overeaters Anonymous. And they're in every city, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. For a meeting near you. They're usually... Uh, um, and Overeaters Anonymous, by the way, doesn't mean you... It's for people with eating disorders. Right. The name is a misnomer. Right. Yes. They're right next to the Shakies in most towns. <laughs> okay. That's for 22. Uh, Gus is lying face down with a shotgun in the back of his head, so we speak. Uh, Gus, we're going to put you on hold. Yeah. Oh, Christ. Yeah. All right, and then we'll uh, get back to Gus. Mike? Hello. You're 17. Yeah. What's going on? Not much. How about you? Nothing. What do you want? Yeah, I was just saying, you know, uh, my uh, friends told me that my girlfriend's been uh, seen with a bunch of different people, and, you know, yeah, I'm just starting to get suspicious. Yeah, I, I, and all of a sudden, like, last year... Last year, around the holidays, nothing really, you know, went wrong or anything. We did everything pretty much every day, you know, and uh, this year, all of a sudden, she's, she has these other plans, so, mm -hmm. you know. How long have you been going out with her? Uh, two years? Two and a half years. Really? First love? Yeah, pretty much. Get out. <laughs> Sorry. Drew. No, I have, well, well, first, I think, have you talked to her? Have you asked her? Have you said, listen... Well, no, my my friends have been you know talking to her, but I don't wait, 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 why why haven't you been talking to her? Well, because I don't want to you know make her sound you know because she's the kind of person who'll blow up out of anything, mm -hmm. and oh, so I don't want to get I don't want to get caught with this. So. And what what kind of stories have your friends been telling you? Well, like my friend works at the Kmart down the street, and mm -hmm. he says that he's been seeing her with a bunch of different uh, guys that I had never seen before, and she's never seen her hanging out with before. So, and like going into the Kmart. And what yeah. are the friends asking her or telling her about? I'm gonna write that down for a nice uh, date date suggestion. I gotta buy socks, honey. <laughs> All right. I don't know. Um, hey, Mike. Yeah. You need to talk to her, and if she blows up at you, I don't know if you want a girlfriend. You you right. can't talk to you about these very serious things. And plus, it's uh, here's what I've found. Well, at any age, people, if they can't communicate the way they feel, they just act the way they feel. And if they start saying stuff like, you know, last well, let's say last Christmas they spent the entire vacation together. This Christmas, there's a whole uh, litany of of uh, reasons why. She can't get together. Someone's coming in town. She's got to go Christmas shopping. Whatever the hell it is. If people want to be with you, they're with you. I've, yeah. I've found that to be true in relationships. No, it's true. And they work around it. Yeah. So-and-so's in town. Why don't you come with us? Yeah. That kind of thing. Or they, or they make it crystal clear. I'm going out of town for three days. They call you every day that they're out and want you to pick them up at the airport. Uh, you know, at this so, age, 17, it's right. your relationship. Sounds like she's getting, getting out of there a little bit. natural enough that it should begin to split apart. I mean, they, they need to explore who they are with other people as they get older. Tim. Yeah. You're 28. Yep. What's going on? Well, I got a problem with my girlfriend. Not her per se, but she is really reluctant to have sex with me now because she says it's really too painful for her. And she's seen a doctor about it, and the doctor 
basically told her that maybe she was with the wrong partner. Why? Uh, that's what I really can't figure out because she says that the pain that she has is, she describes it as if she says it's almost like she has a, an open sore inside that I'm like rubbing on. Uh, yeah, but she's been evaluated though. And why? Why the wrong partner though? Yeah, sometimes. Well, I don't know. Maybe he got his medical degree from the Virgin Islands or something. I don't. Well, I think maybe it's there is that a woman, if she has reluctance to have sex with somebody, she sometimes oh, doesn't lubricate and doesn't I open see. up. Right. Yeah, yeah. that is correct. Or and or is anxious. If he, if she's had a medical evaluation, that's my aperture theory. And she doesn't have infection or structural problems or the usual causes of painful intercourse. Then it is anxiety. It's it's something psychological. So what, yeah, so what the doctor's saying is, uh, you know... The, Either she's uh, not ready to have sex or she's not ready to have sex with you. Right. One or the other. Uh, have you had sex with her and it was good until a certain point? And yes, it was actually for about the first year. And, and you've been going out with her? About two and a half years. So it's been a year and a half that it's been hurting? Uh, no, we didn't have sex right at the beginning. Good for but we've, I mean, we've even tried, like, um, lubrication. All right, but let me just get the timetable straight. Okay. Uh, you had good sex for a year, and then it started hurting? Yes. And it, what changed at that point? Is there anything that would have changed? Uh, I mean, uh, I moved closer. <laughs> but other than that... Why is that I, funny? Oh, well, he's just I mean, nervous. It's ironic so. because he moved closer, I so I guess. Yeah, I mean, um, you well, know, you describe it as a psychological problem, possibly, and I get closer and it gets worse. Hmm. Um... I have to say, Drew, that endometriosis is a cause for sexual pain. You can yeah. only diagnose this if you open somebody. Yes, up. but typically that's pain with deep penetration, that kind of thing. This is this is burning at the orifice. This is like a like oh, a sore at the vulva. And she and she she is like she does get the reddish inflammation. Uh-huh. And it, and does she want to have sex with you? And she's disturbed about this and wants yeah, to try she, to overcome it. Yeah, she is. Are, are um, you guys sexual in other ways? Yeah, we are. You do everything else, but we then, have all the appropriate equipment. Then, you have appropriate equipment. Well, battery-operated things like that. Then, mm -hmm. then maybe see another doctor and see if you can get a better explanation for this. I mean. God knows it could even be just something simple. I'm just like putting Tim's voice together with, like, the, uh, you know, Badger series uh, f uh, marital aid or something, and it's it's uh, it's absolutely bizarre. If Tim started coming at me with something, I would just jump through a window. I don't care if we're in a penthouse. Would you claim to have a You're gay. <laughs> You're not helping my situation here. All right. Uh, probably listening. All right, you should get a second opinion then, right? And, and yeah, I mean, it could be a vaginal infection or something that is indeed missed. Sometimes yeast infections are very subtle, and uh, there's a new medication called Diflucan that can completely... And you guys it. didn't have sex for the first year and a half of the relationship? No, about the first six months. Oh, first six and months. And then they did for a year and a half. Right. Okay. Uh, I don't know what turned on her, and it's an interesting uh, diagnosis <coughs> that uh, you're with the wrong guy, and I wonder yeah. if she uh, volunteered any yeah. information uh, more than just the physical stuff well, to the doctor. A doctor's not going to say, you should change boyfriends. It's just, he's just not. He may say, you have, maybe your feelings have changed, or maybe you don't like what you're doing, you've thought about asserting yourself, this kind of thing, but he's not going to say, oh boy, that's the wrong guy for you, make a change. Mm, right. Unless it was a lesbian gynecologist who had a crush okay. on her. Yes, Drew. Yes. Go back to your videos. Okay. I will. And we'll be back with uh, more of everyone after this. John, the voices are trying to throw me off while they're 
Well, John, I'm trying to concentrate John, John. on this. Okay, you're safe. Thank you. Love line, I'll be right back. So, you want to hear what Heather Dubrow and some of the real housewives of the OC say when they're not on camera? We are going to find out once and for all, does Brooks have cancer? And I think you all want to know if the reports are true that all the girls on the show are banding together and refusing to film with Vicky to push her off the show. Heather Dubrow's World, where you can hear all the things you'll never see on TV. I think the audience has a bullshit meter, and when it starts going up, they don't want to watch. Right. Download Heather Dubrow's World now at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Mommy. And Pamela Lee. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to Love Line with Adam Carolla and, and Dr. Dr. Drew. Drew. All the sexual information you could possibly need. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's a... a, a, a yeah. All right. We talked about that already. Uh, phone number for Loveline, 1-800-LOVE-191. Forget about the fax number. Alexandra Paul from uh, ex-Baywatch Queen is here. <laughs> I got to come up with a better title for you. And uh, new... Uh, Iron Woman. Oh, boy. My headphones are screwing up, Engineer Michael. Look out. All right. Anyway, we'll fix this. We'll be back in 10 seconds. This is Loveline on Radio Station. All right, Loveline, Alexandra Paul, Adam Carolla, Dr. Drew. Hey, uh, what was your name in Baywatch? I was Lieutenant Stephanie Holden. Oh, right. Is, uh, I've never heard a Jewish name ever in any series, unless... The guy's playing a rabbi, hmm. and then it's, you know, Moisha Goldfarb. <laughs> but there's nobody just named, um, you know, Steinman. There's uh, no Shapiro, unless uh, they're possibly doing some lawyer knockoff thing like that. Everyone's got a really cool name. I, I, um, I'm trying to think we had uh, on the TV the new Baywatch uh, right. chick in here. Um, there's a bunch of them. Kelly? Yeah, I Yassine? think it was Kelly. Kelly what? Uh, I don't know. I didn't work with her, actually. Uh, Tracy Bingham? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> True. Yes, we got to get our stuff together. Kelly, Wait, do you forget my name, too? Could it be Kelly Bingham? No, no. it's Tracy Bingham. All right. There's one of them. Real skinny. Uh, nice looking. Uh, I'd, uh, l let me tell you, if, she was, if you were drowning and she was coming after you, you'd die, but, but you'd die happy. <laughs> the woman's like 93 pounds, and uh, there's no way she's, she's tugging anybody to shore. But uh, she sure looked good. And she had like a big, tall model boyfriend. No. I saw him drive. Like, you know, since, since I've been off for two years, Adam, right. the cast has changed markedly. And, um, yeah. So I haven't had the opportunity to meet everybody. You get letters from around the world. Yeah, actually. Oh, boy. Do you send them? Do you write them back? Um, if they send a self-addressed stamped envelope, yes. Uh, imagine, guys. Like, people from, like, Hungarian prisons and stuff. <laughs> no, I haven't gotten any of those. Oh, really? Your mail, yeah. Adam. Well, you haven't arrived until uh, some uh, guy named Bayless started to turn you into one of his pen pals. Todd. Yeah. You're 25. What's going on? I was just kind of curious. Uh, there's this girl I know. We've kind of got mutual acquaintances, and I see her around quite a bit. She works at a store that I go to every now and then, and and she kind of gets kind of frisky sometimes with me, and I don't know if it's just kind of playful or what. But How I old is she? Kinda, she's 
she's 24. Right, I was just kind of curious. Is there a good place or a bad place that you ask a girl out to? You know, I mean, because I've heard some girls say when they work at stores, they hate it when they come in and all they do is say hi to some guy. And then the next thing you know, they're getting flowers and he's asking her out and all this kind what of What kind of store she work at? Uh, actually, it's a hardware store. She works in the paint shop. Oh, really? Yeah. And um, does she know her way around? I mean, is she... Yeah, she's pretty good with her tools. into that stuff? Oh, do you guys have mutual friends that you can maybe casually ask her to something where yeah. there's a group so it's not so... Um, well, kind of, yeah. Tiny. But most of the time when I do see her, it is there at the store. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I think, uh, though, Alexander, you tell me if I'm wrong about this. I think you go for the daylight date, like the uh, cup of coffee, kind of, uh, yeah, not, not so I'll come pick you up, but uh, no, wait, do you no. have a break? I think you guys are missing the point. What's that? He's saying that women don't like being harassed at work just because they're nice to a customer. Yeah, because I don't want to be like He doesn't want to be one of those harassers, those guys that come up you know, and go, hey, hey, you're nice to me, I don't really see her anywhere else besides right there. Uh, can't you send word through um, one of your friends, mutual friends? Um... Yeah, maybe, but I don't, I don't know if, if they're where I could, you know, confide in him enough to, to have him not go and blab. Uh, I mean, but he has no choice. I have a so plan. You just, if you ask, okay. I have a plan, plan for her to ask him out. Here's what you do. Okay. They do color matching over there, Todd? Pretty much. Okay. Good enough. You bring yourself a, uh, you get a chip, chip of like uh, some like cherry colored wood. You know, just to rip it off the back of a stereo speaker or something like that. Okay. You go in there and you say, can you match this color up? I'll tell you, it was the damnedest thing. We were uh, celebrating a victory on my yacht and uh, one of the champagne corks fired straight up <laughs> and uh, damn near put a hole in the ceiling. We were down below. You don't want a woman who wants to go after you because you own a yacht. That's well, I the don't first own a yacht. Mistake. I do own a boat, but just not a yacht. Oh, you do? I can't lie. Well, you tweak it a little bit. By the time she gets down to the lake, it's too late. Yeah, but how do you start a relationship with a lie? Well, I think you work. Good point. All right. No, Adam, I'm sorry. No, this right. is not good advice. You'll never this get anywhere in life, you're Todd. single. You'll never make more than twenty-five grand a year with that attitude, Todd. Okay, I'm only making twenty-four. You're right. Dude, I told you. Only, <laughs> how much do you make a year? Uh, $24,999. No, you're, you you got to be asking me. Nah. Um, Listen, Todd, do the mutual friend thing, right? Yeah. Drew, what do you think about that? That's waters, the, it's the only way. You know, I really believe that if you like somebody, don't let that ship go. Don't let those ships pass. You'll regret it. So ask her out. If she doesn't seem interested, what Adam said before, the truth is, is that if she makes an excuse, then she doesn't want to go out with you. And just really don't ask her again. Give her the opportunity. And um, what do you think, Adam? If she doesn't want to go out with you, she won't make time? Right. Yeah. Here's the deal. Plenty of women have plenty of policies. Those policies are for guys they don't like. Okay. You, you know what I'm saying? They are willing to bend right. the rules when a guy <laughs> who they've been eyeballing the last four or five times he's coming to the store asks them to go out for a cup of coffee during uh, their lunch break. You, you know what I mean? I mean, see, women tell guys this all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. I'd like to go out with you, but I don't. I don't date people I work with, or I don't date at work, or I don't date customers. Fine, you're giving away all our secrets. I don't Adam. date neighbors. You live in my building. We work together. I've heard them all. <laughs> the point is, is uh, but lo and behold, when uh, Lorenzo Lamas moves in next door, uh, they're all over him. Because if they like the guy and this they're attracted to the guy, exactly, they're into it. You say, look. You know, would you like to go to this? I'm going out with, uh, you know, our friend so-and-so. Would you like to come with us? 
and then she doesn't if she doesn't give you an answer right there say well here's my number and um, if you can make it great and so that gives her the opportunity to call you at her leisure but then you, you know you aren't asking don't ask her for her number or anything just give her your number and say well call me plan number two if you'd like plan number two you go in there, you tell her, I'm going to need uh, five gallons of your highest uh, hiding flat wall paint and a couple of rollers and a couple of those weenie rollers and extension because I'm painting. Um, I work uh, with the retarded kids down at the shelter, and we're repainting the rumpus room uh, this weekend. And, of course, it's on a rumpus room. It's on a You get specific, and they don't think you're lying. <laughs> it's on a volunteer basis, and I was just wondering um, if uh, you could recommend a paint. It's either that or the yacht. Libby. Hello. You're 22. Yes, I am. You're on with the um, the, the breath of fresh air known as Alexandra Paul. <laughs> okay, recently I was reintroduced to pornography, sort of, I would say, and I was, um, I am with, I've been seeing a guy for about 14 months now. And he never knew I was really that into it. I didn't even know I was really that into it. And we were just sort of going around the Internet one day. And, you know, it's not something you want to, like, hang out with your friends and look at pornography. <laughs> and I've mm -hmm. been with him long enough, so I figured, yeah. okay, well, we can look at it together. So we're looking at it on the Internet. And I didn't even realize how much it had turned me on. I mean, absolutely, like, couldn't believe it. And um, he couldn't believe it either. <laughs> Pretty excited about it. But... Now, I'm just like, okay, well, let's look at some more. Let's go over here. Let's rent this movie. And he's like, I mean, he's all into it right now. But I, I think I enjoyed it a little too much when I did enjoy it because now he can tell. It's almost like I need it to get to function. more aroused. Okay. You know what I mean? All right. Right. Where does that come from? <laughs> Does it make any sense? Where does that come from? North Hollywood and Sweden. I, I definitely looked at it at an early age. I mean, my dad had a garage full of them. You know, I used to sneak in there when I was alone, probably, you know, I was like 10 or something in the summer. Didn't tell my friends, you know. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I... Now, who were you looking at? Were you looking at the, the women? Yeah, mostly. I mean, he had he had some pretty hardcore stuff. I mean... Was, Your dad did? Yeah. Kept it in he the garage, huh? He on his lap and showed it to me, but, yeah. you know, I definitely wasn't allowed to go in there, but... Right. So this is the first... Now you've been reintroduced, so there was a period of what that you didn't... I mean, that I you didn't had really some... deny myself it, but I just wasn't really that interested in it. It was... I mean, now it's something that we can do together, and I'm not quite as ashamed of it, or I'm not... I don't know. I, I sort of wouldn't want to look at it all the time. All right, myself. but what? why do you feel so troubled by this? I'm, I'm troubled because we looked at it for a while, um, you know, for maybe a week or so, and then just it happened to be, you know, a night and we were together alone, and um, there was no pornography around. We weren't even talking about it, and we were having sex so we were about to have sex and he could tell that I wasn't as aroused because I, I never really had orgasms that often before and after I saw the pornography I mean it was almost too quick you See, know it's sort of it's sort of a fetish for her because yeah. the, she needs it to function that, but I mean you need it to function that like sort of defines that you know I, and, 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 and as with pretty much all fetishes the people that have fetishes are usually bothered by the fact that they have that it, it sort of locks them in. You can't. You can't. It's. It's not an exploration. It's. It's a dependence. It's a dependency. Yeah. It's something you have to have. Whole, but when, how long ago did you? I'm sorry. How long ago did you find the pornography? Uh, did you get reintroduced? When were you looking at the internet? <laughs> well, we were just on a computer one day. Both of us. When? Ago. When? I mean, uh, a little less than a month ago. So maybe this is just some new phase. Hopefully. Do you I, think? What do you, What do you think would be the time frame if she? to get worried about it because I think so when you have a new 
uh, new thing, you you get excited about it, and maybe yeah. you'll get bored of it after yeah. a while. Or we'll see. I, I, hard to know. I, I don't know if there's any absolute time interval on that. It, it, it's all very suspicious for something that uh, she's sort of getting stuck with. On the other hand, if her relationships are okay and if it helps her function, then uh, she sh maybe she should just recognize that she needs this and go ahead with it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, sometimes the fetishes aren't... They serve a purpose. Maybe the biggest right. problem is that it bothers her. Well, yeah, right now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't... Uh I wouldn't dwell on it too much. I mean, give it a few more months and see how things pan out. But uh, I think she's sort of um, pigeonholing herself with this a little bit, saying that uh, she needs it to function and right. so on and so forth. Right. Uh, people get involved with these things. I was on a... Uh, I ate like eight cans of tuna like two weeks ago, and I announced uh, to everybody that this was the wave of the future, these tuna sandwiches I was making. What, you're going to live on those forever? Yeah. Open the can of the albacore tuna. I mix it up with some of this uh, honey mustard. I had a whole thing going on. I swore I ate like five sandwiches a day for two weeks. Actually, my urine started smelling like cat food. <laughs> That's how I knew uh, I was doing way too much uh, uh, tuna. <laughs> doing too much tuna. Huh? Yeah. I, I, I was like taking a leak, and I went, hey, did a cat pee in here? And then I went, no, I don't have a cat. And then I thought, wait a minute. This is me. And then I thought, you know, we blame cats for their stinky urine, but it's because all they eat is tuna. Fish. Tuna fish. So what are you doing now, Adam? You're eating Christmas cookies. I, I haven't eaten a tuna <laughs> sandwich in like two weeks. Oh, what I'm okay, saying is, is I went through my little, I went through my little tuna phase there. You know, I'm saying this may be, my tuna Maybe, phase could be Livy's porno yeah, phase. it could be her tuna phase. Yeah. And I needed it to function. Tim. Yeah. I'm telling you, I think everyone should feed their cat uh, grape nuts for a week and see if that doesn't change the smell of the urine. <laughs> just one week. That's all we ask. Tim? Just one week? What's going on? Okay. Well, I have a hard time trusting women because I think most of them, um, most of them are not faithful and I think, in, or at least in... That's been your experience, yeah. What's that? That's been your experience, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Give us and a story. Give us an example. Well, um, my last girlfriend, um, it, like, even the first week that we started going out, I found out that she was supposed to sleep around with her ex-boyfriend. Her ex right. And let me translate that story um, from her ex-boyfriend's uh, point of view. Uh, they were going out, and she was uh, cheating on him uh, with this guy, Tim. Yeah. That's all that is. Listen. No, no, no. First no, no, week, no, come no, on. No, 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 it's the other way around. No. No, not in the first week. How long was she with the guy? She was with him for four years. All right, she's here with him for four years, and, and it's for, her... For like three or four months, and then I started going out with her. All right, no. but, but you're in your first week of relationship. Yeah. yeah. All right, you're still the guy who's cheating on uh, him. Well, you know what happens is that when you've been going out with someone for so long, and then you find somebody new, and... You sometimes end up missing the uh, com everything that was good about your old boyfriend. That's probably what happened. She started going out with you, and she's... All right, so what happened after that first week? So I finally confronted her about it, and she said she was sorry, and she wouldn't do it again. Mm -hmm. She kept doing it. Okay, so yeah, you got, uh, you so got you hooked up with a nutball. Yeah. So yeah, do you think all girls are like the women are like this? Um, well, I guess I got a story for you, and I'll let you tell me what you think about it. Um, there's this friend of mine, his wife divorced him and uh, took the kid, and um, he told me, he said, listen, my wife's going to come on to you. If she does, go ahead and do it to her. 
but treat her like you think she needs to be treated. And I said, no, 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 I would not do that. And finally, one night she comes on to me, and, you know, one thing led to another. <laughs> and um, this whole time, she's got a new boyfriend. Uh-huh. But I'm not the boyfriend. All right. You know, Tim, have you ever initiated a relationship, Tim? With her? With anybody. Have I? Yes. Yeah. Well, start initiating them with sane people. <laughs> Listen, Tim, this is just the same as uh, someone who's racist saying, you know, all black people are evil. Right. There, uh, there's a handful of them, just like there's a handful of uh, white folks that are evil, just like there's a handful of... No Asians. They're good. But the, listen, there's bad, there's bad women and there's bad men and there's men who cheat and there's women who cheat and there's uh, blacks who steal and there's whites who steal. And you know and what? It's, it's, in it's, relationships, it's our responsibility to find the good people and not. That's right. And we have to look at ourselves if we keep attracting people mm -hmm. who aren't faithful. Uh, very, very true. Uh, absolutely. And um, you know, instead of one of those uh, beach montages, they should have worked in a little. Uh, they, they should have worked in a little psychology into this Baywatch. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's interesting that he blames everything on the women instead of, I'd ask why he slept with a friend, uh, the wife of, ex-wife of a friend of his. Well, or it's, why he especially was, when he didn't want to. It was clear he wasn't oh, something he wished to Well, he to doesn't do. take responsibility for wanting to. Right. He doesn't seem to be taking right. responsibility. He's, uh, he's doing what we call externalizing, Alexandra. Every, generalizing. And generalizing. Everything is the fault of everything outside of myself. Right. Right. I have no responsibility for anything that happens to me. Uh, show me a heavy externalizer and I will show you a big fat loser by the way, because if everything that happens to you is the fault of either your boss, uh, your parents, uh, women, the whoever, weather, the weather whatever. whatever it is, and, and you have no cause to change, then you will just sit where you are and uh, take one crappy job after the next and take one bad relationship after the next. Take a little, this goes for everybody, take a little responsibility. You are where you are now because you put yourself there. You know, you can't change anybody else. You might as well just change how right. you're doing. Absolutely. There's a, there's an abusive idiot on every corner. There's a woman who cheats on every corner. And there's you a can... good person on every corner. No, they're inside because <laughs> uh, it's dark and they're scared of the abusive idiot. But the point is, is you can spend a life going from corner to corner and hooking up with the a-holes. Or you could um, have a little dignity uh, change, do a little uh, introspective work, and uh, you won't find that all women are the same. Ben, you're 16. Yeah, hi. What's going on? Um, I've been going out with my girlfriend for about two months, and no matter what, she just, I mean, we, we've kissed, but she just won't French me, and we've been at, like, you know, the step before for about a month, and all my friends say that, you know, just initiate, initiate it, but when I try to, she closes her mouth and she pushes me away. You wear a retainer, Ben? No. No. How old is she, Ben? She, her 16th birthday is next week. She's 15. She's yeah, well, that's old enough for the French kissing. And by is the she way... she kissed anybody else? Uh, how, what has she done with other boys? Nothing. I'm her first boyfriend. This is so quaint. We've never had a call about kissing. <laughs> no, we haven't. I don't, not that I can not remember. Not well, the reason it's upsetting me because the girls that want to do more with me and they're, they're hang around me and I'm tempted to cheat on her. Nah, they're not going to give you anything either, Ben. I can size you up pretty good. They're, they're, they're just screwing around with you. What does she say about why she doesn't want to kiss you? She says kiss it's you, her fault. She, all she keeps on saying it's her fault, it's her fault, and she doesn't know. It just it doesn't want to. Hmm. You know, I have to say that when I was 15, 
actually. Mm-hmm. 14. I thought French guy tried to stick his tongue down my throat, and I thought it was the most disgusting thing. Yeah. Now I you're paying ever. for it at 34, but uh, back then away. it was disgusting. It was terrible. Now yeah. it's nice, but sometimes it takes a little bit. I don't know if she feels guilty about sex. And Drew, when's your French kiss? First, you're uh, what, 27, 28? 32. No, I, I can't remember. You're a kid. High school. High school? Oh, no. I was French kissing in junior high. No. I didn't want to do it, neither did my girlfriend, but we... we <laughs> it was like, well, you gotta. You gotta get this over with so we can get to the uh, hand job. <laughs> <laughs> you, you gotta, you gotta get to this. And, and by the way, I never did these experiences. I never did get to that point. But you do have to have those uh, experiences. It's a little. Here's how French. Let me. Here's what I my take on French kissing. French kissing is like kind of yucky at first, and then it has its prime years where it's really good. It goes back to yuckies. You get older. <laughs> Eventually, it gets a little weird again. I, I can't quite explain that, but I'm going through that now. I guess um, I don't know if she feels guilty about kissing you, and um, but it's nobody's fault. Just maybe, but maybe she's not ready, and if she's not ready, then I would encourage you not to um, not to push it. Otherwise, she's just going to pull away, and she's going to feel more guilty. What is that syndrome? TMJ? No, sure. She doesn't have that lock jar so. or anything. All right. Um, what do you think you should do about those she, other girls he wants to go out with, Joe? Uh, yeah. I hope you have the respect. If you actually care about this girl, you have, you have sufficient respect They're not respect interested in him anyway. To at least hang in with this relationship. And if the relationship isn't working, also have the respect to end it before you start screwing around. Ben, well, it, thing, if I end it, I'll break her heart. I'm the only guy that would go out with her. Uh, why is that? She's very antisocial. She's got her problems. Okay. Oh boy. All right, so well, she, so God knows. So was someone trying to French kiss her and her family or something many years ago? No, no. She, just her family is very overprotective. Mm. Yeah. That's how I met her. I met her through therapy. Well, Play, playing a theory here, Drew, but has she had a tetanus shot in the last six years? <laughs> but I mean, no. so so breaking her heart by breaking up with her uh, is is uh, not an option. But cheating and really destroying her—that's okay. How'd you no. meet her in therapy? Group. Yeah, group therapy. Mm, really? They must not have liked that. 16 and 15? No, actually, they said it was good for her. And it was good for me, too. Because we're both really nice people. Yeah. And I was hanging out with not nice people. Uh-huh. They said it's good that I hooked up with her instead of someone else. Mm, okay. Ben, two pieces of, of advice. First, her friends aren't interested in you sexually. A number one. I've sized Ben up. I can hear people's Who's voice friends? and tone. Who's friends? Her friends, anyone's friends. Oh, and this is all. Know. This is the only shots you have. Number two, here's what you should do. Don't put the pressure on her uh, sexually. I know uh, Alexandra's uh, new boyfriend's here and so on and so forth. I don't want to offend. I don't want to offend him. But if I was uh, trying to kiss Alexandra, I would not uh, just clamp my mouth on her face and wait for her to come up for air. I move around a little. You know, be very passionate, do like uh, the ears a little bit, you know, mm, a little nibbling, a little nibbling. Good. You can do a and lot without sticking, jamming your tongue down my throat. Absolutely. Adam. And you just move around maybe. Put a little vitamin E on the tip of my tongue and rub it on that keloid scar. <laughs> <laughs> you know right what? There. I really—you are obsessed with my scar. I, I think really you have a am. scar fetish. I, uh, you if, do. If it's on you, I do. It, it wouldn't work on any other woman. The point is, is uh, you know, be creative. Let her loosen up and uh, get in, get into the moment. Don't put the pressure on by just clamping your face on there. Right? Am I right, Alexander? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's scary. I mean, it's sort of a tongue. I got you with the nibbling part, wanna, didn't I? Yeah, you really got me there, uh, Adam. <laughs> Are we having a break now? Yeah, we're going to break. We're having a nibble break. Mm. All right, we'll be back. 
Tis the season to go shopping. Click on Amazon and we get paid. What's that supposed to mean? All right, we're probably not going to get a Grammy for that little ditty. You're damn right. But it is true. You know you're going to be shopping Amazon this holiday season, right? And we know that if you use the Amazon link on the homepage of this little old podcast, Amazon will throw a few coins our way to help keep the lights on and pay for what we do to make the show. So you get all the cool stuff you want without ever leaving the house. And we get to keep doing this show for you. You see, everybody wins. I'm happy, I'm happy. Happy holidays, whichever ones you're celebrating. From the dreidel-spinning, Kwanzaa-hat-wearing stocking stuffers, right here at PodcastOne.com. Hey, this is Nikki Six from Motley Crue. And this is Donna Yeriko from Baywatch. And you're listening to Loveline with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Ooh. Oh. Hey, were you on Baywatch, Alexandra, with uh, Donna Diana? No, but actually, she was on Baywatch Nights when I was on Baywatch. And I, oh, I've yeah. met her many times, and she's very sweet. Uh-huh. Really sweet. I guess they, um, I guess Baywatch Nights didn't uh, take off like they. Uh, like no, it was played. on for like, two or three seasons. Yeah, yeah. it was uh, uh, Hasselhoff. Um, first off, he was just like busting crime. And then he became like uh, Cole Shack, the uh, Night Stalker, or whatever. Remember that thing? Oh, remember the that Night series Stalker. when, I when we were the Night Stalker? True, please. Of- when we were kids, there was that like crusty old sort of detective guy, and he he hunted like criminals, but it was all sort of supernatural. Headless guys on motorcycles, and you know Loch Ness monsters, and. No, I didn't see it. Not ringing a bell. Not at all. Very popular show. Not right when, right in your prime. Yeah. All right, Alexander, you remember that? I remember the title. I don't. I'm sort of hazy on the details. And then, uh, well, what happened with Baywatch Nights is I think they they got kind of supernatural. Yeah. About it, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, they're trying to be like the X Files. They they were more going towards that direction. Yeah. What? Darren, uh, hold on. Who's that, Sherry? Darren McGavin. Uh, was the old guy from uh, Cole Shack, the uh, Night Stalker, the, whatever the hell that show was. That yeah. was a great show. Yeah. All right, anyway, so... I, I should have Darren on on this show. Yeah, let's dig up Darren and uh, book him for next week. So, they, uh, so, anyway, started, like, going after, like, Sasquatch and, uh, and all that, but right. it was, like, under the pier, and it was, it was kind of weird. It never worked. They, they, they took out the bikini element. <laughs> That's what killed you, right? Boy, talk about uh, grandiose. <laughs> Here's a guy, you know, uh, this Hasselhoff. He sells a billion records in Germany. He uh, He's having a worldwide success. And he, he gets a little, I think he got a little nuts and thought, well, I'll just go on at night. We'll put everyone in an evening gown. No, you, you're missing the, the essential elements here, which is uh, good-looking women, uh, bathing suits, and lots of equipment. Lots of those ski-doos and the uh, scare boats and the helicopters and uh, well, all I'm this. Well, I'm sure his next project will do very well. David, most things oh, he touches what's, turn, oh, turn he's, to gold. Have you ever had him on this show? No, but isn't oh, he you done? Should. Isn't that enough out of no, him? No, he's in his prime. Yeah, but who cares? He's got so much money. That's not about the money for him. He loves. What's it about the art? What's it? It's the art. He just loves. He's it. having another Look, heart to heart who has with uh, two television series with Kobe, his son, or uh, Toby, or, or the guy's name uh, Kiwi Hobie's named after a uh, catamaran. His son, I mean, <laughs> surfboard. Such meticulous surfboard. detail this show. Yeah. All right, but listen. He's, he loves to work. He's got the energy of a, of a oh, kid on a candy he's bar. He's got something wrong with him. I'll tell you why. Because. 
And uh, now we'll never have him on the show. But listen, <laughs> Hasselhoff, he's got himself up to like right. an executive producer or something of Baywatch, right? And he's, yeah. He gets a... He, he, well, he, he's been executive producer for the last seven years. All right. So okay. he, he gets a piece of the action. Yes. So he's got more money than God. He really does. He sold a billion records, and he's made a ton of money doing that. Plus all this sort of knockoff Baywatch stuff. He's probably getting a piece of uh, the calendars or the uh, Alexander Paul inflatable doll or whatever other merchandising. Uh, Air fresheners. They're, they're selling. They're uh, selling around. So he has more money. Meanwhile, his side projects are Baywatch Nights, which is uh, not exactly art. You know what I mean? You know what? He, we don't pretend it's art. I know. He, so we why have do a great it? Time because we have a love line is art. No, this is look. I do this for the money. Are you kidding? Oh, you're crazy. For no, it. he loves it. He just loves All it. All right, but there, there's a flaw there right. somewhere. You know what I'm saying? No, I yes, don't. Yes, there's a flaw. Because a flaw. Uh, where? Be, Here. No, if he if he was uh, painting or following his muse Listen, that way, that's one. We need our thing. help. All right. Okay, enough with Hasselhoff. Okay. All right. Madison is doing it for the art. Baywatch <laughs> Nights. Come on. Hey, Madison. Hey. Hi, how are you guys doing tonight? Good. I'm happy. We're good. Oh, well, I'm Hi. glad I got through. I've years I've been trying to get through and never could get through. Anyway, um, my problem is that I'm dating someone in my building, and it's been about three months, and we haven't gone out on a date. And how I don't you, know. Wait, wait, wait. You're dating, but you haven't been on a date. Right. Just I mean, going out, you mean you just see each other in your apartments? Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, watch movies and, you know, talk and all that. But for some reason, he doesn't take me out, and I brought it up to him. And, you know, he realized, he's like, yeah, I should take you out, but he still hasn't. You know, and I've had him meet some of my friends, and I've never met any of his friends. And I don't know, is he? does he think this is just a fun building type of relationship. Right, I, I Probably. Hate, I hate to be the uh, the cruel voice of truth here, but the reality is, and please, none of you disagree with me, guys don't really like taking girls out on dates. Guys don't much want to go dancing. You ever wonder why you never go dancing anymore? I mean, you went dancing five, six times on your first 10, 12 dates, but you never go dancing anymore once you're together for a year because a guy can't stand dancing. He Guys take women out because they have to. They don't want to. If he could say on the first date, hey, uh, how about we rent a couple of movies, I pop some corn, and you give me oral pleasure uh, while I'm playing it on the love seat. If he thought he could do that on the first date, he would do that on the first date. So what, so what should I do? You bypass that whole crucial first dating period. You let oh. him right into your pants, and now you, you can never go back and regain it unless you hold off sexually. I don't believe she skipped kind of the crucial dating months, which is like the no, first it's true, and two I months. Think, I think we can all learn from that. That sometimes if you skip that phase, you don't get some good foundation in your well, relationship. It's, it's hard because I mean we live, you know, in the same building. It's it, it's not an average um, relationship where you meet mm. someone outside of where. No, you but met. it's also up to you to sort of I have put on the brakes and design it how you want it to be designed. How and, often are you seeing each other? Um. Maybe once a week. We used to see each other more often in the beginning. I mean, first couple months. And why do you only see? Why do you see each other less? I I see my boyfriend more the more I get to know him because well, we want to spend more know, time I, together. I just finished finals. You know, I, I'm in school, and um, mm. you know, we both work full time, and yeah, always tired. Same. And yeah, I don't know. It's always don't know. tired. Let me tell you this: this relationship is going. Um, and once a month, he puts his penis through the mail slot and stands there by the door reading a Sports Illustrated. That's where this thing is going. 
Well, that's what's already it, it, It's not really a. It, he's not. He, you're just one of the chicks in the building that he has sex with. That's yeah. what's going on here, Madison. He's not interested in the boyfriend girlfriend relationship. I don't think he is. No, he's not. So stop trying to figure out ways to get him to take you out on a date. He doesn't want to do it. I think you should just break it off with him. Yeah, I agree. Unless you're happy with if if you're happy with just going to his first apartment. Person, he's the first person in a long time that I like enough where I mean we're more like companions than anything else. I mean I have a really good time with him and we laugh and we talk and Listen, I know there's a lot of good stuff, but you see if you are asking us this question, you want to go out yeah. and have a more uh, well-rounded relationship, and yeah. he doesn't want to. Either you accept the relationship that has you can't force him, and you don't. Why beg? For crying out loud, have well, some dignity and find somebody who can love you the way you want to be loved, instead of making excuses for the relationship. If you're okay with it, then stay in there. Can you accept that he is not having an emotional experience with you? No. Okay, he's not. No, I, he, he, he doesn't get close to me at all. Is, right. Can you accept that he is not having an emotional experience, probably at all? No, I can't accept okay. that. Okay, okay. Well, you need to accept that. You know, that, that's that's what guys do. That's I what guys do, Madison. They have no problem with that. Women can't do that very well, at least not in a sustained relationship. Men do that. In fact, they try to do that. Yeah. Plan to do this that. guy has uh, found himself uh, the uh, sacred cow. He right. he, uh, it's someone who lives in his building. He gets to have uh, routine sex with them. He never goes out. Never uh, spends a penny. Doesn't uh, have to worry about any hassles. And uh, I think Madison skipped that crucial step, that training step. She got right to it too fast, and uh, now she's she's passed it. It's like, uh, you know, a line that's been, uh, you feed them every day at noon. Now you try to send them out in the jungle to hunt. His analogies are just amazing. I love it. Well, okay. I mean, forget it. It's not going no, out. I it's agree with you. It's going to wait it's for like, food. It, women need to understand that, the, for instance, like the porno industry. Men look at that, and, and that's it. They just need to look at it and experience it. That's it. They don't have to have any emotional experience. Women look at that and they go, oh, it's kind of interesting, but they don't, are not having a great experience with visual or just the sexual aspect of the experience. There has to be an emotional element or they just don't, they don't stay with it. I had an emotional experience at the time someone stole Weekend Roulette from my uh, collection. Oh, through, man, yeah. Oh, oh, I cried. Oh, I bet. I cried like a baby. Yeah, What's like, Weekend Roulette? It was an old movie that the, my friend the Wheeze gave me many years ago, oh, and I became, I became sort of bonded with it, as, as, as you do when you have that. Like, it was like a first girlfriend, uh -huh. and then somebody stole it. And I cried like a, like, like, like a mother losing a child. But that's as emotional as I uh, ever got with that. So, Madison, uh, I would scrap this guy, or at oh, least yeah. just well, wait, wait till he makes a move. And then no, if he calls and says... No, no, wait. Don't wait for a guy. Yeah. If you've been going out with him, she's been going out with him for months, right? Yeah, right. She needs to end it. Don't she wait. Is not, she is, uh, she's got to accept reality on reality terms uh, here, and it's I not going to uh, be the way she wishes it to be. She exactly. needs to get out yes. and get something that is what she wants. I'm not saying wait by the phone. I'm saying you don't necessarily have to call him and break up with him. When, if and when he calls and says, uh, how about I come by you know, and bring a little macaroni and cheese. For me as a woman, and I don't know if, it, I think this is more, it's, it's better to have, um, to have a little control here. She seems to be like just waiting for him to do things. She needs to call him and say, you know, to, this isn't working for me. And uh, I told you about, the, we, I wanted to go out more. We didn't. So let's just not see each other anymore. And she needs mm -hmm. to make a fine you night. You know what answer is going to be? Uh, what uh, unit number are you in? Yeah. Uh, sh okay, let me X that off. Yeah. Oh, yeah, all yeah, right. That's in the east side of the building? Okay. She, if she doesn't really believe how he's, how, what he's all about, uh, withhold sex from him for a few weeks and see if he uh, comes back.
Think about it. Where, right. where will he be? He'll be. He'll. Uh, guys are like uh, they're like right. uh, that cat. They'll just wander wander over the next yard looking for uh, some food. I know, Drew. Now quiet down over there with your silent rage, Kevin. Hey, you're eleven. Yeah. Um. I Alexandra. Um. I wanted to say I saw your movie Dragnet. It it rocks. Oh, uh, Kevin, uh, thank you, you so much. You did a great job. You're one and a half when that movie yeah. came out. And um, Adam, you rock. Drew. Mm. Drew's great, Kevin. Uh, okay. Kevin. Okay, he's okay. Kevin. I'm more on Adam's side. Kevin, we got, we got to go to break. Okay. But I'll tell you what, we'll come back and you can lavish more praise on Alexandra. Okay. You watch Baywatch? Um, sometimes. Yeah, see, he's, uh, he's, he's pre-predestined, so there's nothing in it for him. Mm -hmm. All this is, uh, hey, uh, Hobie got himself another skimboard. Big deal. He hasn't learned to enjoy it, you know, the Actually, way a man... Actually, the biggest audience for Baywatch is um, prepubescence. Oh, really? Yeah. What? Even fi between, fi between five and... 12. Oh, what? what irresponsible yeah. parenting is no. going on in this country? No, One montage them. is worth a year therapy at age seven. It's please. not really a, it's not really, this is an, uh, this is an, was an unscientific poll that I've done when I ask people who supposedly their kids love our show, you know, how old they are. And generally between five and 12, it's not a demographic really mm. that um, advertisers Pleasure. look to that yeah. much. But yeah. Oh, yeah. This is the truth. Yeah, because you're not bringing in a lot of uh, consumer dough like in the fourth th grade. Men, adult men come like third after uh, teenagers, mm. women, uh, you know. It's, uh, it's not yeah. what you think. What do they say in their watching? Like Jeopardy or some nonsense? The adult men? No, they're just so lying. Nobody that's admits all. to watching Baywatch. I do. Oh, okay. I uh, set my watch on that show. All right. <laughs> when you we'll, can find it. We'll be back. <laughs> I don't go... Hello, darling, this is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and you're listening to Loveline. Hey, yes, you is. Phone number. Eh, forget about the phone number. Uh, forget about the fax number. Alexandra Paul is here. You know her uh, from her work on Baywatch and uh, many, many movies. Telling us during the break that she's uh, got a kid's movie coming out. Well, it's for everyone, really. But it's G-rated, right? I think so, yeah. And it's called... Uh, Kid Cop. Kid Cop. It's it's a great movie. I play the mother of a kid who really wants to be a cop. He tries to solve crimes. Uh, Burt Reynolds already made that movie <laughs> in like 1984 or 5. Wasn't he with a little what? black kid who wanted to be uh, a cop? Wow, I didn't see that one. You didn't, didn't see that one? Drew? I'm asking Drew. Yeah, he was studying to you know really hard in med school then. He didn't have time for movies. So uh, when is this movie coming out? Uh, in the spring or February, oh, I can't remember. Can you get through some some passes? Because he's For all his about kids? that. Sure. Yes, you bet. There's no violence or frontal nudity or anything. No. Okay, I'm not going there. <laughs> not interested in that. Uh, Kevin. Yeah. You're eleven. Yeah. Um. It, you were telling us uh, how much you loved Alexandra when we left off. Yeah. Um. Your work in Baywatch is really great. Dragnet was awesome. Um. Adam, you rock. Drew, you rock. Thank you very much. That's very sweet of you. And um, I was also um, wondering, um, I'm beginning the early stages of, like, puberty. Yeah. And um, my, like, nipples, like, they've been getting real sore. Right. 
Stop playing with them. No, that's normal. Oh. They'll, they'll, they'll enlarge a little bit sometimes for about the next couple years. Yeah, that happened to me, too. And that, well, that's, that's a little different. Oh, it is? Or, 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 okay. This, this is Kevin. Sorry. This is, this is, the male. is it different between male and women yeah. and girls? Yeah. Oh. Drew? Yes, Sorry. Kevin. Um, it feels like there's like kind of like a lump in there Behind or something. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that will enlarge, and it should go back down again after a couple of years. Yeah, this seems to... Uh, I, I remember this happening to a friend of mine. I don't think it happened to me. But it, what percentage of guys has this happened to? Because we get know. these calls it's a common. lot. It is a common thing. Yeah, everybody uh, thinks they have cancer or some tumor right. or something it? like it's that. Gynecomastia. Basically, just before the testes really begin producing testosterone, the adrenal glands produce estrogen mm. and creates breast enlargement. Is that what that lump underneath yeah. the nipple is? Yeah, it's breast development. Oh, it is. Yeah. All right, boys, uh, cop a feel while you can, because then there's that long down period between 11, 12, and, you know, 15, and 16, 34. 17, 34, 33 in my case, where uh, you'll have to do with that. <sighs> Jason. Yes. You're 22. Yes. What's going on? I've been smoking cigarettes for 10 years. Since you were 12. And I'm interested in trying to figure out ways to quit. I was on the patch. Hmm... Um, probably when I was a freshman in high school, but it's getting to a point now where I think it may be affecting my health in the future. Uh, you can count on that. It's getting to the point where he thinks it might affect his health in the future. Well, like, like <laughs> serious long-term things. You can count on it. And I'm trying to, I, I've actually heard about things like uh, there's new prescriptions. There's a new medicine called Zyban, which is basically Wellbutrin repackaged. And it, it's rational. I, I use it sometimes in cocaine addiction because it uh, tends to improve the balance in the dopamine areas of the brain, which are important in addiction. Um, it, I'm not overwhelmingly convinced that it's a tremendous advancement. Um, I think the patches work pretty well, too. So between the patches and the Zyban, I mean, it's a reasonable approach. But you've got to want to stop smoking. You also have to do some behavioral interventions. What do you, how does that work? You might check with the local hospital, see if they have a smoke enders program. That's probably the easiest way to do it. It's real clear that without some behavioral interventions, the probability of any of these pharmacological manipulations working is pretty low. The thing about Zyban is they have, they have sort of a follow-up, uh, 800 number you call, and they've got a bunch of follow-up team and whatnot. Sort of, they help you organize the behavioral aspects, I think. I've not been in touch with them myself, but I understand they have something like that. I think they have that uh, big black uh, drill instructor who uh, <laughs> yells at you uh, on the 800 number. Have you, yeah. have, you, have you tried to quit before since Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a love-hate relationship. You know, I've been dating the same girl through college. She hates it. She never mm -hmm. smoked. She knew I smoked when I started dating her, but it's getting to the point now where she can't stand it. How much are you smoking? Mm, you know, half a pack to a pack a day. Is, well, that, you... is that down? No, it's about how it's been for years. In college, you know, I was probably up to a pack a day. I lived in a fraternity house, so everybody smoked. There were cigarettes. Isn't that amazing? And, uh, you know, among that other That is things. amazing to say a college-age kid, oh, of course everybody smoked. Well, there's Shocking. certain, uh, you know what, I think there's certain campuses and certain colleges that uh, smoke more than others. I uh, uh, I used to hang out. I never went to college, but I knew these guys who went to college, and uh, they, they went to Berkeley. And I used to go up there for the like party weekends all the time, and nobody smoked cigarette in the whole yeah. in the whole place. Yeah. Hey, I guess Jason, you know, I uh, junior college. That's where you find the smoking. Yeah, and well, like when I was in high school, I would, you know, I was really into riding my bike. I used to ride my bike about 
a good hundred miles a week. And I, I live in the Washington area, and then I moved up to upstate New York for school, and it snowed every day. So I, of course, have, my health has gone even more because yes, of that. All right. You know, just don't give up, Jason, because many, many people have quit smoking. And if it doesn't work on this try, please don't give up. Keep it, you know, keep That is trying. true. The more, the more people, the more attempts, the higher the probability of sustained abstinence. And, and different different ways Which might work. They, uh, yeah, they say the average person quits on like their fourth or fifth time right. or, or yeah. some, some nonsense. I can't remember what the uh, statistic is. Ruth. Hi. You're 22. What's going on? Well, I wanted to know about habitual pot use and how it affects people. Because mm -hmm. I just, I like somebody a lot and he's a big stoner. And I'm wondering whether to just ditch him, like, you know not pursue it or whatever. He's really passive, and I think it might have something to do with the pot smoking. Well, sure it does. I mean, they, they have difficulty initiating lots of things. Uh, it makes them appear passive. But the more important issue here is why, what is it about you that leads you to want to get involved with an addict? Marijuana know, addiction guess, is just I mean, as severe he, as any other form of addiction. I didn't know that he was that well into it for a long time because, I mean, I you know, I just saw him you know, we'd go out dancing or something like that, and I would have no idea that he was really high. Yeah, and but there's something about you or your past or something that makes you want to be lost. Well, now, hold on a second. Let me yell at Drew for a second here, Ruth. Uh, Drew, yes. he, he may be addicted to uh, marijuana, mm. and uh, the addiction for marijuana may not be any different than any other addiction, but the drug is uh, more benign than, let's say, somebody who was uh, drinking every day or somebody who was uh, shooting up heroin uh, on a regular basis or smoking crack cocaine or something like that. The addiction part may be the same, but when some guy is getting loaded uh, all the time, uh, you can tell. And when he's when he's shooting junk, uh, you can tell, too. There's some people that just, uh, they smoke pot every day. That becomes their natural affect, oh, and they, they go through life stone. Right. And what is it about that? I mean, what? how does that affect you? I mean, I, I don't understand. I've seen friends, like smoke up every day and it just becomes a part of them you know they, but you they, see how they change right they function but you've seen how they change but well i, I see i and, didn't know them before and what they end up was with lots of mood disturbances eventually they get very depressed and very irritable really always yeah. well when they take away the pot i think no no if the it, pot going. what they do is they start trying to, to increase the doses try to get the same effects still doesn't work and then they switch over to something else typically yeah, but you got to have some years. Yeah. you got to have yeah. some years. Yes. I mean, the thing about it is, is uh, you know, you do uh, crack cocaine, and uh, within six weeks, uh, you've dropped 60 pounds. Yes. Uh, you're, That's you're, a scary thing, though, about pot, because a lot of pot users say, A, it's natural, it's okay, yeah, it's and B, it doesn't affect me. It's so that's what's so insidious about it. I'd be really wary of getting involved with a well, pot smoker and because it, it, there's let, so let much go, denial there. Oh, yes. And let me go back to my original question. Do you have a parent who's an alcoholic? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what I was getting wow. at, Adam. Okay? <laughs> oh, listen. Everybody's parents drink. Oh, please. Come but on. So, that, so for you, uh, you know, you're looking for... Hey, Ruth, don't make an ass of me next time. <laughs> Chime in with that, would you? Adam, wait. No, hold on I'm busting my balls over here. In my own defense, I mean, I've, I've done, you know, years of therapy, and I didn't, I didn't mean to make an ass of you. I just meant to say that, I mean... I, you're, you're still doing that. You're still doing the codependent uh, routine here, and you found another addict. To see, fix. I, don't under, I don't even understand... Just the way you know, therapy, what what codependency is? Nobody's been able to give me a straight answer. Um, it's it's an amalgamation of a lot of more complex uh, <laughs> concepts, frankly. But but it, it is basically uh, a need to 
uh, go and fix somebody else's way of avoiding your own issues. That's the fundamental sort of concept behind it. And, yeah. and basically, you you learn you lived your life around addiction, and so you know what that is, what that biology is, what those kinds of persons are, what the what but they. I didn't per- know that about them when I was. Yes, yeah, but, but you but, feel comfortable with you're but, drawn but to. But you it. you know it in a way that's instinctive, and so you find it. And uh, addicts yeah. find other addicts the same way. Just like w- uh, women who've been abused find abusive guys. The guy's not slapping her around on the first date. They just are drawn to it. They can and it find maybe it. Years later, before the alcoholic manifest or the or the abuser becomes violent yeah this concludes another podcast one.com program